0: post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stance.
2: Hello and
3: welcome to the latest edition of the Blood Red post-game podcast. I'm your host Edward Kay and tonight we're coming to you following a 2-2 draw between Liverpool and Wolverhampton Wanderers at Anfield in the FA Cup third round. The game finishing level of course means that a replay Molyneux is imminent for both sides as Liverpool will be forced to once again go toe-to-toe with and Lopetegui's side as the Reds attempt to defend their FA Cup crown. Tonight we'll bring you Ian Doyle's verdict from Anfield, as well as Jurgen Klopp's post-game press conference, and of course, plenty of fan reaction.
0: The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.
3: Well, it's all over here at Anfield, and Liverpool have drawn 2-2 with Wolverhampton Wanderers in the third round of the FA Cup. And If we're being perfectly honest, the Reds are lucky to still be in the competition. Despite naming a pretty much full-strength team for the players he has got available, Jurgen Klopp saw his team produce a pretty inept display, really. There's not much that can be said about it. Certainly in the first half, they were abject. They were just awful. They looked short of ideas, short of pace, just short of everything, short of confidence. And... For a team that was trying to bounce back from what happened at Brentford on uh, on Monday, where they lost 3-1 in the Premier League, this wasn't the response that was needed. It was, again, it was a bit more of the same. In fact, it could be argued they actually played better in the second half at Brentford than they did at any point in this game here tonight. Uh, this was, again, a little bit like the game against Leicester. The last home game they played in the Premier League, they weren't very good. They managed to get a result out of that. And uh, the same thing happened here. Uh, Liverpool gifted... Uh, gifted Wolves their opening goal, just midway through the half. Have there have been enough warning signs. I mean, Matic had almost given the ball away to Gonzalo Guedes. Uh, the ball just went wide after he'd been dispossessed inside his own area. And the goal was kind of a little bit the same. Um, Wolves had been on a little bit of pressure. Uh, Liverpool didn't clear the lines properly. The crowd were getting a little bit agitated and the ball came to Alisson. And for, you know, inexplicably from very close range, he gave it to Guedes. And uh, and the ball was put straight into the net by the the grateful wolves player probably couldn't believe his fortune. Liverpool then they were cut open far too many times in midfield. There was too many issues. Fabinho was very slow. Henderson tried hard enough, but he, he couldn't quite get enough quality in possession. And even Thiago who's normally you know we know what he's like with his passing. That was a a little bit off, and he was too busy trying to get stuck in and and, and cover the ground that you know Fabinho and others were were not covering properly. So there's quite a lot that was going wrong with the team. It wasn't just the midfield; it was up front as well. Darwin Nunes wasn't very much involved, and Salah had a few glimpses. Didn't really do much. though, Those handed out too many times, and you felt a little bit sorry for Cody Gakpo, he um, the, the, the new signing from PSV, Adelman, he, he was given a full debut. And apart from one shot in the first half, he didn't have you know much else that he could possibly get involved with because the rest of the team was just doing playing so poorly. So. The fact that it was 1-1 one, one at half-time was uh, very much against the run of play. Liverpool equalised in the 45th minute. To be fair, it was a really good goal. Wolves gave the ball away in midfield. Trent Alexander-Arnold pounced on it. And uh, put in a great diagonal long pass, searching to the far post where Darwin Nunes was there to finish with his left foot into the bottom corner. It was a really, really good finish. Good goal. And Liverpool did build on that in the second half. They, they got the first of two contentious VAR decisions. We'll come to the second one in a bit. that went in their favour. Uh, basically, got, uh, Cody Gakpo... Cutting off the left flank, put a ball into the area. It was Salah was in an offside position. He was just slightly ahead of uh, of, of Tote Gomez, the uh, Wolves defender. But the Wolves defender headed it straight up in the air, which therefore, due to the, due to the rules, the application of the offside rules, whether you agree with it or not, I don't necessarily agree with it, but they are the rules. It makes a second pass, passage of play which means that Salah's now not offside. The ball ended up dropping to the Egyptians' feet and he put it in for his 173rd goal. It was Liverpool career, taken ahead of Kenny Dalglish in seventh place overall in the goal-scoring all-time list, which uh, you know, was quite a, an achievement from him. And Liverpool, though, just never really seemed to kick on from that. They did play a little bit better in the second half, but Wolves made some substitutions and uh, they got the goal 15 minutes later. I think it was around about the uh, 67th minute or midway through the the, the second half at, at least, and it came from uh, Canate put a clearance. We didn't necessarily get hold of bit properly. Went into midfield, but there was still a lot of play that happened, and ended up with a cunha putting ball low into the box. Canate tried to or certainly get. Sliding in to try and clear it, and it hit uh, hit Huang, the other one of the other wolf substitutes. He was also sliding in. It deceived uh, Allison at close range and went in underneath his body and went in for two-two. And from that moment on, it was a game where you could. I don't necessarily think that Klopp would be happy with the replay. And I think you could tell from the substitutions he took off: Fabinho and Henderson. And he put on some attacking players. He. he quite clearly wanted to go for the win and you could tell that he'd rather not have had that you know the replay but the reason it happened is because Wolves thought they got a win a bit late on Um, again it was uh, from a corner the ball ended up falling at the feet of uh, of Gomez who prodded it in at the far post the linesman had flagged for offside and uh, VAR checked the uh, checked the decision and they couldn't find I think the linesman had given offside. Was Mateus Nunes? Obviously, Liverpool had been linked with Heek. It was another of the substitutes he came on for Wolves. He put the corner in, and the way the passage of play it came back to him, and I think the linesman flagged offside against him. But there was no angle that was available that could prove or disprove it. So they went with the on-field decision, and it meant that it was offside, no goal, and the game finished two all. And so there's a replay a week after next at Molineux, and Liverpool. They'll know they have to play a lot better than this. It's not just a one-off. The worrying thing, really, is that Liverpool played such a strong team and they produce probably their best, as I mentioned before, their best available team, certainly with the players that they've got fit at the moment. And they produced such a performance that was so poor and they can count themselves lucky to still be in the competition because, really, most days they would have lost this one.
0: The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.
1: Good good start in the game, dominant, um, played well, tried to create, Have had half-chances, good moments, 20-25 um, minutes roundabout, I don't know exactly when they scored, before they scored they had maybe one counter-attack, then they had uh, this bit scrappy situation where it it was no one else been clear around the goal, then we, but we win the ball there, um, and then we... Ali kicks the ball in their feet, and then we are one and down. Um, So that you could see impacted the game. Um, They got more confident, and we I'm not sure. So we played kind of okay, not really um, convincing. That you thought, okay, it will happen immediately. The goal we scored was outstanding, outstanding, um, and we had a few really good, good balls. We played a few good situations um, where we where we played between their or in their formation. But uh, for the whole game, I thought we didn't win enough um, challenges. To be honest. Um, and that's always because there were a lot of situations where I thought that they' win a challenge, and all of a sudden we are completely open. How is that possible? Yeah, we have two three players in a challenge moving to the ball side when you are there, fine, you have to win the ball. If you don't do that, and can get out, then it looks like, eh, where are they um and so that gave them constantly this they constantly stayed in the game because of that, but we anyway go two one up um yeah, and it was. Um, not an open game but nothing where it didn't really happen a lot and then uh, but we still kept not winning these challenges uh, like around the second goal. When he I think we have in possession, have the ball miss yeah, I don't know why, give give the ball away. And then um they go in our box without a real challenge, that's difficult. Then the ball comes in and then it's difficult. So then it was unlucky. Ibu is there. But he hits Huang, and then the ball rolls over the line. So unlucky, two-two, um, and that's now the result.
2: What did you make as frustration? There's confusion around the goal that was disallowed at the end. What's your understanding of why it was disallowed at the end, and is it a reasonable decision?
1: I don't really know. So um, on the pitch, I couldn't see it, so I have no idea. For me, I thought it's a goal because I didn't. It was the player in the left corner who might have been offside. We have one angle um, which I saw in the dressing room where it could be offside. I would not, I, would not, um, um, I don't know, swear on it or however you say that. But um, it could be. But I think this angle that we didn't have, if I'm right, that's what I heard. We had a similar situation in the Arsenal game where one angle was missing, and in the end, everybody thought it was. Clear sight but we couldn't prove it because these is not there. I don't know how these things can happen, but it happened. So I understand the frustration of Wolves because you want to have the right decision in these moments, like we wanted the right decision um, back then. Um, but I cannot say anything about it because um, I, I didn't. I only saw one uh, one camera perspective, and that's it. You said yesterday about replays and how no, no, there's nothing to do with that. It's I'm, I'm I know where I'm coming from, but it's just the situation is that we. Um, I mean, we could still play I mean, extra time, or forbid, but um, or, or a penalty shootout, and the game is decided tonight. So we deserve not more than a draw tonight. So, um, and whatever the consequences are in this case is an extra game. So that's fine. I have no problem with that. Um, but in general, that's yes, they asked me or somebody told me that there will be decided about or whatever that they, somebody will talk about it if they scrap it. Was that yesterday or not? Did I misunderstand that in a, in a press conference? Yeah. Yeah, was there was a discussion, no, no. Not, I, I didn't start a discussion, I got a question, and the question was, you know, I, I don't think um, we should have them, but I knew we still have them, So and it was clear that we have now to go to Wolves. Wolves um probably is in this moment more happy about it than we are, but until then we will be happy enough to give it a go. Jürgen, yeah.
0: yeah, concerned about defending generally?
1: In, in, yeah, not in general, but in, in moments, it's not concerning. We, we look, <laughs> we watch a game, and then you see the things that happen. And whatever you play, high line, low, um, deeper line, um, ball orientated, man orientated, you have to win challenges. And there's no alternative to. So, yeah, and it's something I mentioned already now in the dressing room, and I will m- mention it again and the next team we face is Brighton, um, I would say, meanwhile, famous for um, playing proper football. Um, if you don't defend properly there, then if, uh, why should we go there? Um, so, but it's, all, it's, it's I can understand, um, it, looks, it looks open in, in moments, but it's just open because we, <laughs> we think we win the challenge and don't win it. And that's then really tricky <laughs> um, to deal with. In the end, uh, it's not that they had no chance after chance. What, they, what it causes us is is a lot of effort to put it right in the end. And if you are already there, so you could um, win it where you are, then you don't have to run back and, 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 and try to solve the problems there.
0: The post game podcast on the Blood Red channel. Hello, this is Owen from Cop On Podcast. Liverpool 2, Wolverhampton Wanderers 2, as feckless play once again has cost Liverpool a victory. I don't think we can complain about the result. Despite our dominance with the ball, we have zero creativity apart from our full backs, we get nervous too easily, we are simple to out-muscle and our midfield, yet again, looks more disjointed than a contortionist in a suitcase. Wolves dealt with our shape sensibly, keeping a deep line, doubling up on Salah, Trent, Robbo and Gakpo and springing us on the break. It doesn't take a genius to work us out these days. Jurgen Klopp has been trying to spin us some cotton candy in his press conferences, sugarcoating our deficiencies, but the very simple and slap-on-the-butt obvious truth is that if your team is extremely porous and watery when transitioning from attack to defence, your team will concede chance after chance. Our midfield is so full of holes it's like a World War I frontier. We don't have a single dynamic midfielder who can run and stop opposition counterattacks, and we need three of them. Alternatively, end Trent's relative nightmare at right-back this season and get him in midfield. He can't do any worse and Gomez at right-back may well be worth a punt because we've been punting up the Henderson-Fabinho sludgy canal for too long. This is Owen from Coppon Podcast urging patience despite... My complaints because I believe wholeheartedly that our manager Jurgen Klopp can turn this ship around. I just wish that the ship's turning circle wasn't quite so very wide. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.
2: Matt Addison from Liverpool.com here after another worrying performance from the Reds. Not particularly a shock though, which is probably the most worrying thing of all. We've kind of come to get used to performances like this, if we're all being honest. It wasn't a particularly shocking performance in relation to what we've seen against Leicester and against Brentford and against so many other teams so far this season. Liverpool just can't create at the moment. They can't seem to keep the ball. They were sloppy in possession, making stupid decisions, almost lazy at times. I thought a couple of the players in particular really lack that intensity in the midfield. Even at the back, you'd look at someone like Ibrahim Akonaté and Joel Matip, both really, really poor on the ball tonight. And obviously the midfield, a huge issue at the moment, just completely bypassed by Wolves. And it was a Wolves team as well that made changes. They were the more inexperienced of the two starting 11s, but Liverpool certainly made them look a lot better than what they are. I thought they played well. I thought they did have, you know, a couple of, of really good moments. But if Liverpool play anything like what they can play like, it's a completely different game. I think the only positive really for Liverpool to take was the, the goal that they scored, the Darwin Nunez one. Brilliant pass from Trent Alexander-Arnold, who I thought had a decent game. He did give away a couple of, of little bits, but defensively was was solid enough, I thought, for the most part and did create a couple of, of chances, the, the goal being one of them. As uh, Michael Reid put on Twitter, that, that in the Premier League era at least, Darwin Nunez now follows Fowler, Torres, Sturridge, Salah and Jota to reach 10 goals for Liverpool. Only those players have done it in fewer appearances. Only 23 games for Darwin Nunez. So, yeah, that was a positive. But, uh, yeah, not really too many more of those. It means a replay as well with the draw, which is not ideal. Mateus Nunez dancing through the, the Liverpool team gave a, a little bit of a a, a possible... Um, glimpse of, of what could be the case for the reds next season but yeah it's just another game really in a season where liverpool really could have done without doing that it feels like such a chore i think at the moment to watch liverpool and the fact that they've now got to to go to wolves and and play them in a replay is the, the last thing that they wanted the last thing wolves would have wanted as well but uh, yeah for for both teams there i think they'll they'll come away disappointed i think wolves probably will think that they could have won it Liverpool just disappointed once again in the way that they perform. There's there's no real, no real signs of of that changing. But uh, yeah, a really really frustrating one, uh, a difficult one for for Cody Gakpo to come into as well. Got to mention him, I think. There was you know, one or two decent moments from him, but not a particularly easy game to, to come into, as I say, and, and didn't really have loads of, of opportunities. I think it was a, a bit of a strange performance, really, from all three of, of the front three. Not helped by what's going on behind them at all, of course, but I think they uh, showed signs, really, of, of being three individuals at the moment when Liverpool... Don't really have the the time for them to adapt and and find those partnerships. They need them to to come in and and play immediately, brilliantly. And and Cody Gakpo needs to to do that. Hopefully he will do for the rest of this month. But yeah, it's a, a really, really tricky run of fixtures coming up for Liverpool and he's He's just got to hit the ground running. Not the the best start from Liverpool as a team with him in the side, but hopefully a lot more to come. Brighton and Chelsea next then in the Premier League. Two massive games. On this evidence, though, the top four is looking a long, long way off. Without another signing, even with another midfielder, it's not going to fix the Reds completely. So. Yeah, they didn't lose tonight, but it certainly feels like it. They've got another game now to add into that schedule. I'm pretty sure it'll be a, a fairly weak team as well in that one compared to to this. I think they'll have to to squeeze that in somewhere midweek. It won't be this midweek because Wolves already playing in the EFL Cup. But uh, yeah, I, I would be surprised if it was as strong a Liverpool team in the replay as it was tonight, which just makes it all the more frustrating, really. You'd look at that team. That starting eleven today was uh, supposedly, on paper at least, the, uh, the most best Liverpool team that Jurgen Klopp could have put out there. But it certainly was nothing like a Liverpool team in terms of the way that they performed. And as I say, it's, it's no real shock. So yeah, plenty more for, for Liverpool to, to think about. No quick fix, no Cody Gakpo coming in and, and being the hero, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, I think it could be a painful few months ahead for the Reds, unfortunately.
0: You've been listening to the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel.